0: This is Dr. Karen, and you're listening to the DeFacto Leaders Podcast on the Bee Podcast Network, where I help pediatric therapists and educators become better leaders so they can make a bigger impact with their services. With over 15 years of experience supporting school age kids with diverse learning needs, I'll share up-to-date evidence-based practices, my own experiences, and guest interviews designed to help clinicians, teachers, and aspiring school leaders feel more confident in the way they serve their students and clients. I'll cover a range of topics designed to help you support students' emotional and academic growth and set kids up for success in adulthood, including how to support language, literacy, executive functioning, as well as how to help IEP teams working together to support kids across the day. Whether you want to learn more effective strategies for your therapy sessions or classroom, be a more influential leader on your team, or find creative ways to use your skills to advance in your career, I've got you covered. Hey there, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to a special bonus episode of De facto Leaders. Most of us still don't know what we want to be when we grow up, but at least we know more than we did when we wanted to be pro athletes or movie stars. And for those younger people who are listening, that is the old people version of influencers. As we have conversations with kids and think about how to prepare them for adulthood, helping them explore their passions and interests becomes challenging. Not all communities have access to the resources to be able to provide real-life career experiences to students. Transporting kids and prioritizing funding and resources becomes a logistical issue, which makes it hard to educate kids about their career options. On top of that, it's difficult to help them grasp what it might be like in a particular career, which means they might be missing out on opportunities to cultivate their skills and interests. But what if we had a way to bring career exploration Two students so they could explore their interests in an accessible, non-threatening way. With some of the new technology coming down the pipeline, it may be more possible than people think. That's why I had Matt Chaussey from Be More Colorful on the DeFacto Leaders podcast for a special bonus episode to talk about innovative companies that are impacting K-12 education in a positive way. Matt is the CEO of Be More Colorful, a Midwest-based immersive media production studio whose platform CareerView XR is rapidly gaining national attention. Matt, along with his wife and company owner Katie, lead an innovative team of creatives who are laser-focused on making career exploration affordable, accessible, and fun. CareerView XR provides students and adult career seekers across the country with an unprecedented opportunity to experience real-world careers. Through virtual reality technology. Recently selected from a field of over 2,000 applicants to be one of the 33 semifinalists for the prestigious YAS Prize, Matt will discuss the significance of the award and how he sees tools like CareerView XR transforming how we guide students on their educational journey. If you have a vested interest in what's happening in K-12 education, definitely take a look at some of the amazing work that's being done by the YAS Prize finalists. You can vote for two different organizations per day from now until November 25th to help select a winner of the Parent Choice Awards. The winner of the prize will get $100,000, which they'll devote to funding projects that support innovations in K-12 education. You can vote at yasprize.org vote. So, YAS is spelled Y A S S. In this conversation, Matt shares how CareerView XR will use that funding if they win the prize. And we also discuss some of the important work. Being done by YAS finalists and how CareerView XR is helping educate kids on their career options as well as align K 12 curriculum to foundational skills that impact future job skills. Before we get going, I wanted to invite you to listen to the other episodes about YAS Prize organizations on the Bee Podcast Network. The principles of the YAS Prize are sustainable, transformative, outstanding, and permissionless. This bonus episode was done to share how CareerView XR aligns with the Outstanding Principle. To learn how they're aligning with other principles through things like accessibility and project based learning, you can check out the following podcasts that are also on the B Network. First, Matt discussed the Sustainable Principle with Ross Romano on the Principle PLN podcast. He discussed the transformational principle on the Transformative Principle podcast with Jethro Jones, and he discussed the permissionless principle on Rebel Educator with Tanya Sheckley. So be sure to check the show notes for all of the links to those other episodes, as well as the information about the YAS Prize and where you can vote for the Parent Choice Award winners. And again, that's from now until November 25th. As I'm recording this, it is the middle of November, 2023. As I said, there's some really exciting work being done. If you've ever felt frustrated, maybe a little skeptical of technology, or maybe just even curious about what's happening, definitely check them out. There's some really exciting things being done that will be super helpful in thinking about things like transition planning, not just for those older students, but for students who are in the younger grades as well. Now, please enjoy this interview with Matthew Chossie from Be More Colorful. Today, I am joined by Matt Chossie, the CEO of Be More Colorful. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Karen. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm really excited to talk with you today and hear more about the work that you're doing. But I think what I typically start off with is just to have, start with your hero's journey. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing now. And then we can talk a little bit about um, all the things that you're doing right now.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, so so we'll we'll give the Reader's Digest version of of our hero's yes. journey. Um, <laughs> we're we actually started off as a husband and wife team. Um, co-founded. Actually, my wife founded the company, brought me on as CEO. Um, back in 2016, we thought we were going to shake up residential real estate. That didn't end up working, so we ended up uh, pivoting. And through a series of of fortunate events and and opportunities that we saw emerge, we we saw an opportunity to really start to start engaging with workforce development and with economic development, which eventually led us to schools and saying. This, these immersive media technologies that are used for selling homes through residential real estate can actually be used very effectively for bringing job sites into the classroom. Um, so it, it's it's been really a, a community effort. Um, partnerships between employers and counselors and students and teachers and in, industry professionals, Um, Really, the hero's journey here is is the collaboration of all of those entities that have helped make this possible, helped us get these these real world we call them real world virtual reality solutions um, Mm -hmm. into schools across the country to help kids help help broaden their perspectives on what they might want to do.
0: Yeah, that is such a debate among even I would say the special ed professionals, but just people in education just overall, because obviously you need some foundational skills. You need the literacy skills, the math skills in order to do the more advanced skills. But then there's this question of how do we make this real for students and how do we help them apply those situations so that they're actually prepared so that all of this that they're doing in their K-12 experience isn't so contrived that they're, that they know how to do good on tests, but then they don't know how to you know, handle a work situation or even know what their options are.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and there are a couple couple of those areas where we're really we see CareerView XR as as one of the the solutions to that. One is um, applied knowledge things like we've had educators say, oh, well, I had a student saying saying to me, I'm just going to go into construction. What do I need to know geometry for? And then they can take mm-hmm. them up on the structural steel of a a high rise that's being constructed. And like, well, you better know your right angles very well. If, yeah, if you're going to be be up here, right? Um, and then, and also, I mean, we're the whole point of of school, um, whether it's public, private, charter, or homeschool. The whole point is to prepare students for what they're going to do when they're not there anymore. And how on earth can they make a decision if they don't know what their choices are? And that's mm-hmm. really. Um, At at its core, that's what career view is. It's, It's just a taste. It doesn't replace an actual job shadow or going someplace on a field trip in person. It just provides a taste of what that career or industry is. So that a student can make a little bit more informed decision about, do I want to take that CTE course? Or do I want to take that summer internship opportunity that's in this industry? That's the, we're we're planting seeds is is what we're doing. And and some of those are going to grow and flourish. And some of them are not going to be a good fit, but both of those outcomes are wins, right? Because we want students identifying with the careers and the work environments where they can see themselves really succeeding.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, there's with, with the career exploration piece, it seemed like, you know, I grew up in the eighties. It it was like, you know, we want to be pro athletes or movie stars or whatever, whatever, or whatever we were exposed to what our parents did. And a lot of kids don't, their parents are doing things that, they they want something different for their kids and maybe in their in their community there aren't certain things accessible based on where they live i worked in a rural community so field trips and those types of things obviously was a different story compared to urban areas or even just your just your background again your multiple generations how do you branch out from that if it's just I mean, this is what you know. So I see I see how it could potentially have an impact there. And then the other thing is just the all the different options. Like, I think that when you do plan those in-person things, you can be more intentional if you have something that helps you to explore some of those things beforehand, before you devote all those resources, because funding and making all that happen is always an issue in education.
1: Well, and even using virtual tours, tool, excuse me, virtual tours and virtual tools like like CareerVXr, you can use that for knowledge reinforcement after you have had that in person field trip um, experience. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. the 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 technology is as good as its applications in the classroom, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And that that's that's our focus is on. Um, we bootstrapped this thing from the start, um, have built it in concert with what counselors and teachers and students have told us they want to see. We didn't throw a bunch of, we made our mistake in residential real estate. We tried throwing together features and then seeing who wanted to buy it. And the Mm, answer was nobody. (laughs) So when we, when we started approaching um, this opportunity in, in workforce development and educational technology is like, boy, no, we better understand the problem. And and really get this right, and, and that's been the focus the last four years is really understanding what do teachers and students need, how do we meet them where they're at, not by bringing in a bunch of new VR headsets and, and mm-hmm. saying, hey, now you have a bunch of hardware you need to figure out how to use, but saying, let's create experiences that you work on all of the in-classroom devices and have the headsets be a next step and and a, a supplementary activity so that we can start blending those new technologies into what's already working in the classroom.
0: Yeah. So I have so many different questions and directions we can go, but in the interest of just thinking about, as you mentioned, you bootstrapped. So I know that Finding the resources to make things happen is is always something that you want to do to make sure you can get this in the hands of as many people as possible. And you have something really exciting going on. And so I wanted to hear a little bit about that, but also not just what you're doing, but there are some other really exciting things happening just within the other people who are being considered. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about that. And then I've got some specific questions relating to to those types of things, partly because a lot of people that might be listening. So there's skepticism around AI, um, you know, is it replacing humans and are people going to be using it to cheat or Kids have attention span issues and we're putting technology in front of them and they don't know how to use it. And, you know, there's a lot of concerns and then also just a lot of frustration about things that are happening in education. But you're seeing some things coming down the line that are pretty exciting that actually might make people optimistic. So that's kind of, you know, I think I think sharing some of those things that are happening could could give people a different perspective on that.
1: A- absolutely. So I'm happy to share more about the Yas Prize, and and I do want to mention um, they uh, when we were visiting with them and learning most about it, it we we had we weren't sure like, when we first saw the opportunity. we were like, how do you, how do you pronounce Yas? Yeah, oh, did, did I say it wrong? Did I say Yas? Well, it's it's Yas. yas it's Yas. Okay. Rhymes with sauce. And they, they actually on okay. one of the first meetings when we met with them, that's how they explained it, and that has just stuck with me so yas rhymes with sauce the yas okay. the prize um is is an education innovation award that um, we've had the, the great fortune of, of, of applying for and being accepted as quarter finalists and then moving into semi-finalist role. Um, and, and the Aus Prize is really founded on four core principles. And those are the stop principles. And that that's what we're talking about in this entire mm-hmm. series here. You and I are going to be talking about that outstanding principle, but there's mm-hmm. four of them, sustainable, transformational, outstanding, and permissionless. Um, but in in talking about a uh, the the outstanding component of that really um, trying to figure out what is that, that ultimate, that ultimate measure of success for schools really is figuring out what are students going to do once they have, once, once they've graduated or once they're out of school. Um, And, and that's, that's really the, the core of what we're doing with CareerView is trying to focus on making those options, visible literally mm-hmm. visible to those students so it becomes yeah. a possibility um but there are a ton of great innovators there i, I should mention i uh there are 33 total semi-finalists um so 32 others everyone is is really doing amazing things across all of those principles but um there were eight of them that we wanted to call out specifically on this outstanding um episode because they're they're really doing some some cool things that are helping align with those with those pathways. Once students get out of school, um, there's Chesapeake Bay Academy, um, with providing tailored instruction that really help align individualized needs for nerd over students. melanin village. This is a, uh, black homeschooling program that, that helps black and Brown homeschool moms align cultural affirming, culturally affirming curriculum for their students. Um, College Achieve Public Charter Schools. Um, This is a public charter school organization that focuses on character building, STEAM activities, um, providing opportunities for advanced placement for all students to, to create that elite educational experience in a public school setting. Randolph Eastern School Corporation. They've got an emphasis on project-based learning um, and forming career and technical education and community partnerships that ensure college and career readiness. Um, Savannah Legacy Academy. They've got a K eight K through eight hands-on learning approach that provides after-school instruction that includes piano, voice, ballet, tap dance, martial arts. I mean, how cool would it be to have Mm -hmm. those programs immediately after school? That's going to help align kids with creating a lifelong uh, love of learning. Um, Valiant Cross Academy, uh, their school that they've actually, uh, they've been able to connect every single one of their graduates with a distinct pathway um, once they leave, either college, the military, trade school, or the workforce. Um, There's also Thales Academy, um, who's known for exceptional uh, educational approach that has, uh, direct instruction, and, and really a, a classical, uh, classical curriculum um, that focuses on character development, soft skills, and also incorporating technology. Um, and then St. George Municipal School Unit, um, these guys, they've got a K-8 career and technical education program, um, which is changing the game by creating opportunity for earlier and more diverse career exploration. We need to be mm-hmm. doing more and more of that, introducing kids to careers, not setting them on a defined pathway, but right. introducing them to those things much earlier. So eight real you know, really great uh innovators on, on the uh, outstanding principle um, to be clear, all 32 are doing amazing things. We're just doing the series of four uh, podcast episodes. So I want to make sure we give each one of the entities uh, um, each one of our fellow semifinalists, a shout out here.
0: Yeah. So how does it work? How do you win the Yas prize? We want to make sure we clarify that. Before yeah. We
1: um, well, so the, the Yass prize itself um, it is, it's, it's competitive but it's also collaborative because yeah. really all of these entities are, are can learn from each other we're learning mm-hmm. a ton from all of the other quarterfinalists, semifinalists, mm-hmm. um and yes it is is competitive but we're all working in in the best interests of kids and and what we want to see the educational landscape become um so really as as we're moving forward you know mm-hmm. we're we're working to get Get the word out there. Be able to have have lots of people thinking about what we're doing, but also um, be reaching out to the other organizations that are involved in in the Os Prize, both the prior awardees, this year's awardees, and you know next year and the following. We we, we really view this as an opportunity to to build a, a really solid network of people who are who are focused on kids. Um, but get back to your question about yeah, how do you win the prize? Yeah, do, how do I you want to know how prize? how does
0: it work and what should people do to support. Yep. You or any of the other people who are uh, organizations who are up for the yep.
1: prize. So th- there's two components really. Um, we're moving into a virtual accelerator right now that will end with a boot camp um, and an opportunity to pitch. The Yas Prize itself is decided by um, the the Yas Prize and the Center for Education Reform. Um, so th- there there's not a ton that the general public can do on that side. That's that's really up to the organizations to to. Um, going to show their, 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 uh, their potential for adhering mm-hmm. to those stop principles and and continuing to grow. But um, every semifinalist is also eligible for a parent's choice award. And that is something that anybody can assist with. Um, the parent's choice award is a supplementary award that's going to be given to one of these semifinalists who's, um, who, who has, shown that hey we've got a great idea for how to support more students more schools with these dollars it's a hundred thousand dollar award the general public gets to vote for the organization that they think those dollars should go to Um, if we win the hundred thousand dollars what we're going to do is use the use that money to seed a fund that would help provide uh, access to virtual reality headsets for schools that can't afford them Um, and that's we want to make sure that that in the spirit of, of, you know, one of the other principles, sustainability, we want to make sure that if we have those dollars, we're able to create not just one-time use of those, but a program that would help um, help get get schools access to that hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, the way to do that is to go out and go out to yasprize.org slash vote, and you can vote for us. You can vote once per day from now through November 25th. Um, but I'd also like to call out that you can actually vote. You can do two votes every day. Um, so the reason we mention the other semifinalists is there are some really amazing organizations doing incredible things. We'd encourage you to learn about all other 32, and if if um, any of those are are are. Well, they're they're all gonna be they're they're all fantastic missions. Um, but if any of those really strike your uh, uh pull at your heartstrings, you, sh- you should vote for them too. We really want to encourage lifting up everyone along this Yas Prize journey.
0: Great. So everyone should we'll link to that in the show notes, but can you say that website again where people can go to vote?
1: Yep, it's yossprize.org slash vote.
0: Okay, great. So you can vote every day. Two to- two times, and the can the vote go to the same organization? Nope. You, you
1: have you have to choose two different ones. Oh, okay. If you're, if you're doing so two you votes, can... yep.
0: Okay, great. So people can vote for whichever one, as you said, tugs at their heartstrings, including the ones that you mentioned that go along with that outstanding principle, and then any of the other ones, and they're all on the website.
1: Right? Well. Yeah, and yeah, and and just to reiterate, I mean, w- we had a really hard time picking uh, which ones we were going to mention for which of the principles. Yeah, they all aligned so well with all with all four of them. But um, yeah, I I really encourage um, anyone here go spend some time out there, learn about these semifinalists, learn about the quarterfinalists that didn't make mm-hmm. it to the semifinals because they also have amazing stories and are innovating and creating a a, a diverse and and um. Just really positive landscape for students.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it is, it's comforting to know that people are thinking about all of these different things and doing something about it, because at least, I mean, we know that the implementation is starting somewhere. So that's encouraging. I know that with, with all of the principles that go with the YAS Prize, we have sustainable transformational, outstanding, which is the one that we're talking about today on the the topic of, you know, being a leader, no matter where you are and, and enhance, you know, helping, helping people to develop their leadership skills. And then the final, final one was permissionless. And we have other, other shows on the B podcast network are addressing some of the other principles. So sustainable. Have you done that interview yet? That was- yep.
1: With Ross Romano with Principal PLN.
0: Okay. And then the transformational one uh, fittingly what, is yep. transformative
1: <laughs> principle. Well, that was a little bit of a tongue-tangled. The transformational yes. principle <laughs> on transformative principle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it had it went along it, it fit but, well. Yeah.
1: yeah, it fit very well.
0: And then and today then, we're talking about outstanding and then
1: and then uh, rebel educator uh will will be talking about permissionless.
0: Yeah. So that makes that makes a lot of sense as well (laughs) with the, and I know that uh, I also have an interview coming out with Tanya in, gosh, it'll be January where we're talking about project-based learning and and founding a school. And I have also uh, Jethro Jones, and I have also had a conversation on this podcast and I have cross-promoted Ross is one of Ross's other podcasts as well. So lots of great things to uh, to check in the show notes, but really, we want to talk about the those those principles. So I would love to shift to just hear about some tangible things that you have seen happen with students. So to give a little context of some of the topics that often come up on this particular podcast, A lot of people are working with kids who have disabilities. So some of the skills that are challenging for them would be things like episodic memory, being able to think back into the past and create a mental image of a past experience and use it for the future. Um, So you go out and you have an experience and then you've got to recall it with language and think about it. And then also thinking into the future, using your past experiences And when somebody's explaining something to you, explaining an experience to you, being able to listen to what they're saying and create a mental image in your head of what that looks like. And if you don't have those skills, new experiences can be really scary. And then kids tend to avoid situations that are actually going to make them feel better, have opportunities, uncover passions and skills that are going to make them feel more confident. And and as a result, you know, they're, they're doing things that are, you know, social media and gaming and things that aren't real life experiences. But what you're doing is you are providing a scenario where they can experience some of that that imagery and do what a lot of people refer to as front loading, preparing them for what lies ahead so that they can learn about it. And so they it can seem less scary And maybe exciting. So I'm curious to hear any stories that you have of students who have uncovered interests, passions, things that maybe they had no idea they were interested in or maybe thought were scary or boring or or whatever
1: so so i do have one and and i might have i i can't remember if i mentioned i might have mentioned this one on on jethro's show but you specifically asked so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell it again even if i did um i was working with a group of fourth grade students um Mm -hmm. up at an event called marketplace for kids and one of the girls says i want to try that bricklayers experience and in my head i'm thinking i don't know if you really do like really (laughs) Yeah. Um, but i'm like but I, i said oh you know just I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell a kid no, right? Because who right. knows mm-hmm. what, what her what her interests and passions might be. And um, put the headset on, and and we played the video, and she's looking around. She says, "Oh my gosh, these patterns are so cool." I just, I, 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 is, this is so satisfying. And takes the headset off. It was only a two minute experience, and she looks straight at me and says, "I think I want to be a construction worker," and I, said, I think I want to be a bricklayer. She says, yeah. which is, I mean just floored me. I, I never would have thought that we would have gotten, I thought the response is going to be, Oh, that looks kind of boring because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people would think. But for people who, um, you know, love patterns and design and building something methodically, of course, that that's a perfect mm-hmm. career pathway. And she was able to see women in the field performing yeah. that job. Um, so, so, I mean, that, that's just, those are the types of things that I just, I, I love, um, we um you know I, I mentioned the the um oh the, the application of of experiences in the schools, being able to start engaging those student questions about, well, when am I ever going to need this? Well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: here, no, what am I?
0: Yeah, <laughs> why do I, I? I'm gonna be
1: i am I'm gonna be a welder. Why do I need to know English? Well, one of the welding experiences that we have, it starts with, uh, you're actually checking purchase orders and writing mm-hmm. up a summary that you're sending off for the for the yeah. pump that is being built, right? there, and and this this is really an app, op, an opportunity to bring those things home, and and I think that you know kids are kids that struggle with different subjects. It's not that they can't learn those things. They just haven't been provided appropriate motivation mm-hmm. for, for that. And when, if you can show how that aligns with a career that they're excited about, then the motivation is there and that's going to help. That's going it, to, it may not make the learning easier, but it may make it feel less laborious for them because they know there's a point to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not that it's easier, but it's meaningful to them.
1: Right. Meaningful is is so critically important in in getting kids engaged in the classroom. And and yeah, we we see a huge opportunity for CareerView to serve in that purpose as well.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things that comes up on that that same topic of making it meaningful and tangible is that when we think about differentiated instruction for students with special ed, a lot of times what happens is that they get pulled out of the extracurricular subjects because they have to go and get extra reading help or whatever it is. And and of course, reading is really important. But, and this this is true for all students, not just students who need support. I mean, this should be happening for all kids. But when you have this skill that you're practicing in a contrived setting, not only does it not seem motivating to you, it's also difficult to know how to apply that skill. So what we refer to it in the therapy world as is generalization. I taught the student this skill in this setting, in therapy, in a small group, um, a lot of it is one example would be social situations. So just being able to interact in a conversation or being able to use a skill where I have to apply it and and kind of remember, oh, wait, that thing that I learned over here, I've got to apply it over here. So the generalization piece is really challenging. and It is a thing that co- people constantly say to me. Um, and so I am curious what opportunities you see with this technology for the generalization piece of Here's a skill we practiced it. It's important, but now we need to go use it.
1: Yeah, and and there there are a couple a uh, couple ways to answer that. I guess I I would start by saying um, I think that a solution like CareerVXR is a good first step to maybe provide yeah. some of that motivation for mm-hmm. what a student might want to do. Um, but then maybe following that up with let's find some employers that could provide some work-based mm. learning opportunities that tie together with what we saw in the career VXR platform because yeah. while we're not creating an, an experience for every employer that's out there, we're creating industry experiences a dental hygienist is doing the same thing whether they're in Fargo North Dakota or Los Angeles, California and if we can if we can, if that can incentivize a student to want to learn a skill, and then we can find an opportunity to connect with someone in the dental field, whether that's a classroom visit or a field trip. Um, I mean, th- th- there's opportunities there. Um, yeah. The other piece to it would be is um, we really view the Career view XR solution as a school's or, or a, a, a teacher's, a student's first step into immersive media. We're not creating experiences where you can actually manipulate the environments around you. There are a lot of Mm -hmm. really fantastic companies that are doing that. Um, But those more immersive experiences are are a little bit scary for schools to, Mm -hmm. they're not scary to to do, it's scary for a school to say, we're gonna implement this because it's new hardware, it's new software. How are we gonna support these devices? And, and that's really where, when I talked earlier about meeting teachers and students where they're at, that's the focus of CareerView is let's start using all of the existing devices that are currently in the classroom and let's ease into the immersive media side of things. A lot of times schools will just have a single VR headset that's shared across multiple classrooms. Just like, you know, I was, I was a kid in the eighties too. remember when they wheeled yeah. the, the computer in and you yeah. really was so excited that the, the computer or the VCR was getting wheeled in. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's the way it is with VR right now. Eventually these, these, when the devices get better and better, um, there will be a, an, a device available for every student, but we can't force those things. We need to we need to work with the resources that schools have. What teachers and students are are well, students are ready for VR right now. i Yeah, tell you that, mm-hmm. but we have to work within within the limitations of of what's currently available to schools. So, I see a huge opportunity for schools to get started with immersive media. We want this to be. Um, career XR to be kind of the, the basics. I, I would love for career XR uh to be available in every school and have it taken for granted that it's just something that's that's there and then schools yeah. are able to progress into Um, those even more immersive training, um, simulations where you can reinforce that knowledge in a virtual environment by teaching a student, a sequence of steps and and those things are just going to get better and better and better. Um, but you can't have those things unless you have awareness and Mm -hmm. some sort of level of interest from the student side in, in wanting to learn how to do those tasks.
0: Yeah. See, I love that and I love that context because so often with tools, and this happens a lot with even some of the the therapy tools, it's like, it's here's where it fits in the process, but you have to know how to use it. But even that process of narrowing things down, I mean, just think about the decision fatigue that somebody in a leadership position in a school would have and to have something that would help with that planning process to know where to invest time and resources could be huge so that you know, where do we invest in something more immersive? Or where do we spend um, you know, resources to be able to create this real life internship or offsite activity? Um, so that I could see could be huge. Where do you see this fitting in with some of the things that are already being done like you know, one to one device initiatives, which I know people have various feelings on that. Um, students using cell phones in the classroom—like, how does this work with technology that's already in the school?
1: Yeah. Um. So th- that that's what we love most about it is that. Um. I mean, when when a school has access to Career BXR, all of their all of their students have access on any device that that they're on. Um. And what that does is that extends the conversations from the career exploration session or career exploration week in the school to allowing that student to to explore those things on their own or even over the dinner table. And that that's mm. one of the things that I'm really excited about is engaging parents in yeah. these conversations because so often, um, you know, well- Parents and counselors and teachers, they all want to do what's best for students. No, nobody doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what these different career pathways are, how on earth can you align a student with the right one? Um, so so we, we view this as CareerVXR is as much as a tool for students. It's a tool for parents and teachers as well. So that, yeah, they know their students, but they also have to really know what those career paths are in order to help guide
0: Mm -hmm. So this is this is something that parents could, in theory, access as well to to absolutely be aware of what their their kids
1: and and I think the I think the one to one device initiatives helps enable that really, Mm -hmm. I mean, because not every kid has a device at home. Um, that, that they own personally, but when a school issues that, and that, then that's able to be brought home and Hey, mom, dad, you know, look at this cool wind turbine technician experience that I saw. We got to be on top of the wind turbine today. And while they don't have a VR headset there to show that they can use their, their iPad or Chromebook to do that. And eventually who knows that my, my hope would be in the next five to 10 years. Yes, there, there, there is a headset that's issued to every student.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see how that could just go hand in hand with some of those things that are pretty much, I mean, I think the one-to-one device initiative, most districts that have the resources are on board with that, and they're using that in some way. And then people are trying to figure out how to handle the cell phone situation in a way that's productive (laughs) and accepting that they're here to stay. But at the same time, knowing that there are both good and bad things, I think... (laughs) A lot of people are focusing on the bad things because um, cell phones can be very distracting. But if we can figure out how to use them productively,
1: yeah. And and to be clear, that will be a challenge with with VR yeah. as well because yeah, you take, take the cell phone now, put it in front of directly in front of their face, so they can't see anything else, and you can't see <laughs> what they're yeah. doing. I mean, th- there are challenges that are presented right. with this, which is which is why it's so important to not just jump on the we're going to buy the latest technology bandwagon and really be thinking about how do we integrate these new tools Mm -hmm. to solve the problem. And then you can ease into making those decisions about what technology, what hardware is going to help you with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, the tool is effective is is as effective as the person using it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. I'm curious if there's like any other story about like the, cause you told the, the student story. Is there something maybe from like the socioeconomic accessibility equity piece that you have seen or anything well, else there
1: Yeah there, I mean there, there's several things from from the accessibility side. Um, I mean really the, the the whole the entire platform is is about creating Equitable access to career exploration. So we really want to make sure that as we're as we're developing these new experiences as the platform evolves, that we're becoming more and more inclusive, not creating feature sets and and um, technology that that is excluding students. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think for, for as for the the access piece of it, um, we've got a lot of schools that do outreach events, and it's not just in the classroom that they're using it, but they're actually going. We actually have we have a client who has built a mobile. Uh, they have to call it, it's, it's a mobile virtual reality classroom where they have career view XR loaded onto headsets and they travel with that van and the headsets loaded in it to different locations. It can be, it could be, uh, an events, a career fair, but they also take it to, they're going to be taking it to individual students' homes where mm-hmm. the parents and the student, you could, they could meet with a career counselor in this mobile career exploration van, mom, dad, and the student can all see what, um, You know, three or four different careers are, and then have a conversation with a career counselor about it. Um, I mean, there are so many ways to, to, repurpose that content, if you get really creative about now, how are we going to connect with people? Mm -hmm. Um, It's answering, if you've answered that question about how are we going to connect with those people, then this becomes a tool that helps you, helps you really, really enhance that engagement and, and have the focus be on authentic, uh, authentic career experiences that help, help students make the right choice.
0: Yeah. Uh, This could be huge with transition planning. And I know that you talked about doing it, as early as fourth grade, but students are required to, at a certain age, have a transition plan. And so we need to have those conversations for the students, um, whether they are graduating at the, you know, when they're 18, whether they're staying in school until their 22nd birthday. Um, So all of those things can be really important there. And I think that it's good to be having those conversations about what the options are, especially as kids go through their school experience, their skills change. We learn more information about what they're able to do. Their interests are cultivated. So yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing about all the work that you're doing and being here with me today. What can people do to learn more about career view XR and also the Yas Prize before we so, wrap up.
1: Yeah, uh, to learn more about CareerVXR, you can just go to CareerVXR.com. Um, you can there are several free experiences out there. Um, we're more than happy to answer any questions that people have about the platform. Um, and as far as the yas Prize, I, I, again, would really encourage you to go out and learn about all the semifinalists that, that are out there as people doing some some really amazing things. And hopefully that can inspire some of the listeners to, to be thinking about what else they might be able to do to uh, to better engage with, with students. Um, we would love it if you'd head out to yasprize.org slash votes. Um, we'd greatly appreciate a vote so we can help get more headsets into into schools for a winner of that parents choice award. Um, but also um, yeah, be looking at those other uh, entities that are out there and and find the ones that, that you love and align with and and give them some votes, too. We, we really want to see. We want to see everyone uplifted by this oper- this wonderful opportunity that we've had to talk about our journey and these stop principles uh, through the series of these podcasts.
0: Yeah, great. And that's from now until November 25th that you can yep. go and vote for two organizations per day. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again for being here.
1: Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening be sure to check the show notes for the links to the information about the yas prize as well as where you can vote for the parent choice award winners from now until november 25th as well as the links to the other shows on the b podcast network where matthew discussed the other principles of the Yas Prize. Again, that's Principal PLN with Ross Romano, The Transformative Principal with Jethro Jones, and Rebel Educator with Tanya Sheckley. You can actually find out about all the podcasts on the B Network on bpodcastnetwork.com, but definitely check the show notes for the links to the episodes about the Yas Prize. There's some really exciting work being done. It makes me optimistic about what's possible. So I encourage you to take a look at some of the work that's being done. If you've been enjoying the facto Leaders podcast, please hop over to your favorite podcast directory and leave me a rating or review. If you have a suggestion for a guest or if you would like to be a guest on the show, send me an email at me at Thank you so much for listening.